This podcast contains topics and language that people may find offensive or triggering and may not be appropriate for younger listeners. We are not medical professionals and any advice should be taken on face value. Please consult your doctor if you have any issues and please let it be known that all sexual activities should be context appropriate, consent appropriate, age appropriate and species appropriate. Anything else is fair game. One for me that I thought of that would be a great one to discuss in the future was neurodivergence and sex. Yeah. Uh, my partner is going through the process. He won't mind me saying it. Um, mm. Is going through the process at the moment of being diagnosed with or, um, ADHD and possible autism. Okay. And that affects our sex life massively. Okay. Because sometimes he just forgets sex exists. Right, okay. And then I'm sat there like a horny teenager like that. Right. But then other times he hyper-focuses on sex and sex is all he wants. Yep. So we've had to get used to that kind of forever changing dynamic. Yes. And actually, I guess I'm probably somewhere on the spectrum as well. There's some Asperger's in my family. Mm -hmm. um, I don't get attached to to people because of it. Mm -hmm. And this has probably caused a lot of problems with relationships. Yeah. Um, because quite often someone will get attached to me and I'm, and I will really enjoy the sex within the relationship. Yeah. And I will enjoy the relationship and the person, mm. but it doesn't make me attached to them yeah. in any way. Um, and actually it'd be interesting to find out if there's any sort of scientificness <laughs> yeah, in in how sexual activity actually bonds people together. Yeah, in a in an emotional way. Yeah, um, and whether people who are less emotional don't get bonded in the same way. Yeah, and well, that, actually, there's a, and there's a whole other podcasts in the way in which relationships can be very one sided. Yeah. Um. Because I've always tended to find that they're always slightly one-sided. Um, my longest relationship, which was nine years, um, is is the is the most is the least one-sided it's ever been. Yeah. Uh, and it was, and it's the only relationship I've ever been able to cope with for that length of time. Um, the and it was great. Yeah, talking about um, sort of one-sidedness in relationships, I guess it sort of um, also leads into the topic of when a breakup happens, obviously it's normally one person that does the breaking up, mm -hmm. um, and then how does that other pe person treat that breakup? Because there's a lot of, there can be a lot of nastiness afterwards. Yeah. Um, people can be completely unaware of the fact that the person was just growing to hate them. Mm. <laughs> um, we'll talk about the sort of signs of what those might be, sort of yeah. controlling behaviours well, and that kind like, of stuff. Well, they say, like, women disassociate before, like, they break up. Yeah. They say that there's, like, evidence to suggest that women just kind of, like, shut off before. Like, there's there are signs okay. that she gonna she's going to leave. Right, okay. Yes, and I would say that there's probably signs that the, he's going to leave too. Yeah. But then people choose to ignore those signs. Yeah. And then get really hurt when yeah. when when it actually happens. Yeah. I mean, Lucas is my first relationship, so I'm 
going to gain oh, okay. a lot of wisdom here, I think. <laughs> I've got plenty of wisdom. Yeah. Right. Well, but that's the thing is I'm, I'm you know, and, and I would like to say to the, the audience as well that actually um, I'm not the wisest person. And one of the reasons for doing this podcast is because I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we can learn more from experts. We can learn more from other people, from people. I'd really like to get someone on who has had a long-term sexual partner for a long, long time and find out what they're doing because they've got to be doing something right. Mm. You know, and I've, I've, because I've never really seen it that people have had rewarding sexual uh, activity within a long-term relationship. Yeah. It always is, you know, like a honeymoon period and then a, uh, and then a sort of period of doing a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then after six, seven, eight, nine years, it just kind of dives off a cliff. Yeah. And then either people are fine with that or they're not. Yeah. Um, you know, I in my in my longest term relationship, we were having sex twice a day for probably the first six years. Yeah. It's funny, like working in Ann Summers, I've only obviously been there for literally about a month now. Right. But we get like couples coming in that are like, you know, our sex life is kind of flatlined and this, yeah, that yeah. and the other. And they're looking for new ways to kind of like spice it up and make it interesting. But alternatively, mm. you get your couples coming in that are like eight odd years old and they're going, oh, show him the lube, hun, show him the lube. And you're like, what are you doing, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, well I, you know, I, I don't know if you can solicit for <laughs> um, guests within your within your. Well, work. I don't sign a DNA, so we're all good. <laughs> but this is it. If you if you have some have those people who go, well, it'd be... If, Unless they've just got into a relationship, mm. at which point they're at the same point as everyone else. Mm. But if they've been in a relationship for six, you know, 40, 50, 60 years and they're yeah. still, they still love it, yeah. what are they doing right? Mm. And actually, we'll talk about another podcast, on, on another podcast, we will talk about, you know, what how to do things. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've figured out that most men are just really terrible at stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Most of you are. <laughs> right. So, I've met a good one and I'm like, he's never leaving. Right. No, he's yeah. never leaving. Right. Well, this, yeah, but this, this is it. I get that. Yeah. But from someone who are, but but from people who know that I have no interest in a, in a, in a long term relationship mm-hmm. with. So I have to be really, really clear and upfront whenever I sleep with anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not into, a, I, I, you know, I am not up for a relationship. I yeah. have other people that, you know, I, that I have sex with. Um, and you're not going to change that. And 90% it of the time they ignore that and think they can change it anyway. No, I'd say that. Yeah? I, yeah, no, most, I'd say only about 5% of people ignore that. Oh, blimey. Most, most people are fine and quite grateful, you know, in that, you know, thanks You've for You've been honest, thank, yeah. Thanks for being honest. I'm not interested there, you know, and sometimes they'll be like, I'm not interested then and walk away, mm. which is fine. But most of the time they don't because <laughs> most of the time then they're like, well, what's he doing? And then they want to know. Yeah. And it's kind of intrigue, intriguing. Yeah. And so then. I mean, I've been in to... the position where like I've had people say this to me when me and Lucas first got together, it was 
I don't want a relationship. I'm not looking for anything. Him to me. He was like, I'm not looking for anything. I don't want anything, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. And then about like. Uh, see, I see, oh, see, I just believe people. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, this isn't going to happen. I'm quite, like, I'm quite a trusting no. person. If someone's like, I don't want a relationship, I just assume, oh, right, they don't want a relationship. Well, this to be fair, fine. I think I'd got to the stage where, like, I'd never really had, like, a one-night stand. I'd ha- I'd slept with people, like, as one-offs, but they were always, like, mates, friends. Okay. My bar right. staff, like, right, that yeah. kind of thing. And I was at the stage where I was like, you know, I've never done something like this. It's time for me to have a bit of fun. So I was also kind of in the same headspace, to be honest. Like, I didn't mm. really want anything. And then that was it. Like, just straight off the bat, like, became really attached. Both me and him. And I think his suspected ADHD played a part in that because he hyper-focuses on people sometimes. Right, okay. I came into his life, he hyper-focused on me as a person. And he felt, like, hard and fast. I think it was, like, the second time we, like, met up, we were stood in his kitchen and he accidentally dropped the album. And I was like... (laughs) <laughs> yeah <Ooh>. yeah <laughs> which which is interesting actually because because uh, it's a word I don't use mm. at all never nope and there's very good reasons for that so if I said I love you what would you say thanks I was like oh I love you really <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> very much we've just met each other so yeah. I can't imagine this is happening yet <laughs> in a even platonic way um I, f- I find it a really, really odd word. So the way I feel about my child... Yeah. ...isn't the same way I feel about my dog. It's not, how, it's not the same way I feel about my parents. And it's not the same way I feel about anything else. You know, people say, I love animals. I, f- I find it really, really nondescript. Okay. Like, and therefore, quite almost... Um, lazy. Okay. So if I like someone, I will tell them exactly what I like about them. Yeah. And actually, and that still might go for my parents or my child or my whatever, but you know, but it's going to be very, very different because I don't find my dog sexually attractive. <laughs> so would you say you boy. see it as like a sexual thing or like just... No, well, that's, that's why I don't use it. Personalising how you feel about someone... Mm. about, I don't know, the way they look that day, the way they wear in their hair or, you know, is much more sensual and expressive and true than a throwaway, oh, I love you, at the end of a phone call. Mm-hmm. I don't find that to be useful within a the context of a relationship. That doesn't mean I am don't feel... I very specifically feel the 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 things that I'm attracted <laughs> by. Yeah. Um, and will compliment someone on those things. Yeah. I won't just throw. Go I won't, into I won't just throw a. Yeah. Well, I won't, I won't just throw an "I love you" at somebody. It feels, yeah. it feels lazy to me. Oh, see, I think if Lucas didn't tell me he loved me, I would cry. Right. I'd actually cry if I don't get my good morning text message. That's it. Oh really? Yeah, he's had it for the day. <laughs> I'm like, don't talk to me. Don't want to know. Yeah, that's strange. 
It's interesting. I think we're very different people. And yeah, I was yeah. saying to people, like, before I even came here today, I was like, I think the dynamic's going to be really, really interesting. You know, one of us is male, one of us is female. We're of a different age range. Yeah. We're clearly very different people. Yeah. Um, Like, you're going to have experiences that I might not have even had yet because I'm still in my 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's it. When you said that he was your first one-night stand, mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you how many one night stands I've had. I would probably in the thousands, maybe even up to 2000. It's quite a lot. But that's, maybe that's why I've got any motion left. <laughs> just shagged it all I out just of him. It all out of me. So I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left to give. Um, but yeah, the, I guess when I was looking at, um, sort of various different topics and things and actually the uh the human lab podcast thing that i mentioned earlier on sexual and sexual health uh mentioned it was mentioning about different types of orgasm Mm -hmm. so you've got sort of um clitoral stimulation you've got g-spot stimulation and you've got cervical stimulation um and actually the ways in which you can stimulate all those things. And I realised that I just do all those things naturally. Like, I get into positions where I will stimulate all three. Um, and and I think that might be why people come back. <laughs> do you remember a time where you weren't so confident Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. I was a, yeah. as a teenager, well, I was useless. <laughs> I was the, I was the most randy 14 year old you've ever met in your life, but no, couldn't, couldn't talk to women at all. I was absolutely useless. Uh, right up until the age of 19. Mm. Um, I think I maybe had one girlfriend um, and nobody else would talk to me at all. And then I became a diving instructor. And then it's just kind of, it became pretty much forced upon me all the time. Mm -hmm. Because I was out on a boat all day, every day with um, mainly air stewardesses. And I was pretty much one of five men on the entire island (laughs) of a lot of people. Yeah. So um, they're all away from home and wanting to have a nice time. And there's there's there was two of the guys were pretty attractive. One of the guys was not, and he was away quite a lot. And then there was me and another guy who was a son of one of the oil millionaires. Anyway, so so we'd all go out together, and I would even then I would still be pick up the least amount of people. Mm. But when you've got a nightclub full of four hundred girls and there's five of us, yeah, it really increases your chances by quite a lot. Yeah. Um, And then once you start getting laid more often, you start to build up the confidence. Mm -hmm. You start going, well, maybe I'm not that horrifically unattractive. Mm -hmm. And the conversations you have with those girls, you know, you get to learn which ones have worked because they've come back with you. And then you kind of gradually get better and better and better. Mm -hmm. And I would say that, that has happened throughout my entire life 
where I like to try and just get better at everything, even if it's just by a tiny amount every time. Um, and if I can learn something that's going to wildly yeah. make everything better, I want to learn it. Yeah. There was a Healthline um, article on orgasms that I read because of the Human Lab podcast that was to do with um, G-spot stimulation. Mm-hmm. And you've got, uh, we were, they were talking about the closed missionary position. Mm-hmm. which is where the female has her legs together mm-hmm. and the penis is still going in, but in a missionary position, yeah. is actually really good for G-spot stimulation. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind, we'll, there's a whole podcast on the G-spot as well. <laughs> so subscribe, click the like button. <laughs> Just get that, get that in as much as possible. Um, so, and I, was, and I was like, I do that anyway. Yeah. I really like that position because, mm-hmm. because of how much other people like it. Mm-hmm. And so I'll try and, fit that in mm. at some point mm-hmm. especially if there's might be other things that aren't working mm-hmm. um because there's a whole as a again a 43 year old man who's had sex with a lot of people yeah um i've got a whole toolkit of things that i will use within a single sexual experience yeah um sometimes you only need three <laughs> You know, you, you run through, you, you you know, you start with one thing and then you end, and then um, everything has gone so well. I was going to say swimmingly then, but that <laughs> impl- implies implies a different sort of orgasm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, and, and what I really want to do for the for the listeners, 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 viewers, whatever, is to give them that toolkit. Yeah. Because it's quite simple, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, clitoral stimulation, mm-hmm. you know, um, G-spot stimulation. And then I, I would, I always aim for at least one orgasm before I even penetrate. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah, <laughs> because then because then everything then everything's better because mm-hmm. then everything's warmed up. There's loads of blood flow in the area and everything feels fucking great. Yeah, and almost to a certain extent, um, at, at least if you've got one out of the way, if you were to get to a point where you stuck it in and suddenly ejac- ejaculated prematurely, yeah, at least you've got one. At, at least you've got one. You've got that in the bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <You're> good. <laughs>